0: A solo travel woman is a woman who is passionate about exploring new destinations, immersing themselves in different cultures, and really getting out there to create these once-in-a-lifetime memories without letting fear or anyone hold them back. Welcome to the Solo Travel Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and each week I am here to help motivate, inspire, and empower you to take your next solo adventure. Whether you've traveled solo before, or maybe you're just thinking about it, you're going to learn so much here as we dive into different destinations, give the best tips around budgeting and planning your next solo itinerary. You're going to hear from all different experts and travel enthusiasts about their solo adventures. So I invite you to tune in each week as we take this amazing journey together on the Solo Travel Woman podcast. Hello travelers, welcome to episode 15 of the Solo Travel Woman podcast. I am so excited to have you here. I'm actually recording this episode on the first day of spring, so happy spring. Everyone knows when spring comes, it's a fresh start and I'm hoping that means a fresh start into the world of travel for everyone and that you guys are all getting out there and planning your trips for later this year and just getting really excited to get back out there again. Um, I personally love spring because it just always means new beginnings, and I'm definitely that firm believer in that. So really excited to be recording today and to be here with you and with our guests. Um, You know, solo travel is something that kind of has a bad reputation (laughs) in society. You know, it's one of, to me, one of the most rewarding things you can do to grow your mind, grow your spirit, and, you know, just really grow who you are and learn a lot about yourself. However, when you're female doing solo travel, there is loads of stereotypes that you get, whether it's, oh, you know, it's not safe to travel alone, something's gonna happen to you, or you must get really lonely or you are lonely, hence why you have to travel alone. And then there's one I get quite a bit too, that people think I don't have any responsibilities. And so that's why I'm able to get up and travel and do all these things. But the list of assumptions are endless and it's exactly what they are. They're all just assumptions. And so today's episode, I'm really excited because we are joined by Sahara Lee. She is a travel coach and founder of Holistic Mojo. And together, we are going to smash all these ridiculous stereotypes regarding solo travel. And we're going to go through the good, the bad, the ugly, and really just focus on what solo traveling really is for women and how you can align your experience with who you are and your passions and what you're looking to do in your life. So Sahara, I am so excited to have you here and I would love for you to introduce yourself and then just really take us on that journey of how you got into solo travel and just where you've been and what you've experienced.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here and I think this is such an important conversation <laughs> um, mm-hmm. because there's so many stereotypes that are placed on women and it is infuriating. It's so frustrating
0: because I'm like I don't see men getting these stereotypes. Everyone's like, "Oh, that's so cool, dude that you're going on
1: that trip." Yeah. No. That's just
0: like <laughs> totally it's <so> weird.
1: <laughs> I actually years ago, um, I was where was I? Go? I think I was going to India. I was going to India because I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner as well, and I finished my studies in California. And I was like, okay, I want to go do an internship. I want to understand Ayurveda from like a traditional standpoint. And mm-hmm. so I set up an internship at an Ayurvedic hospital in India. And, like, and
0: what is that exactly? I actually don't know what that is.
1: Ayurveda is very similar to Chinese medicine. Okay. So it's a, they're the, they both work with the five element theory. So air, ether, fire, water, earth. And okay. looking at how everything is an, is an equation of those elements. And some has a little more air and some has more fire and some has more earth. Um, and those are things out in the world, but also us and using that to understand ourselves more deeply so that we can then understand how to balance ourselves but also how to relate to the world around us and and how to know what people to go to for what things because that's going to create you know like a balance a like i have this much of this and i need this much of that and you, oh you've got mm-hmm. that so yeah you'd be a good person to go and talk to because you're not you know you're not going to spin me out into some crazy mental space that I could easily go into, you're gonna actually ground me. <laughs> Let's talk.
0: <laughs>
1: I love that. And yeah, vice versa. Very true. Yeah. So I wanted to see it, you know, cause I've had it from a Western perspective and I wanted to see it from its its like birthplace. So I, I set up an internship in rural India and um, I went for three months to study and to, to work with the plants because we were growing all the plants for medicine and you take it from mm-hmm. like planting it to growing it to harvesting it to turning it into medicine to prescribing it to patients and that was that is so cool it was so cool but uh so much gossip went on in my ex-husband's family of um, oh wow okay because it was what kind of woman leaves her husband for 3 months <laughs> Like Uh, I was in Vegas or something, you know?
0: (laughs) I know. It's like you're just going partying it up. It's like you're, it's the same as if you went away to just, I don't know, like Southern California University or something like that to go to school for three months, you know, for a semester.
1: (laughs) It was just so my, I was like, I'm not like buying hookers and doing blow in Vegas. I'm, yeah, right. I'm (laughs) in a dirt hut. In India, I haven't showered in a week because we have no power and there's no hot water. Like, this is not a vacation. And it was just, it was so mind-blowing to me that that was, instead of being like, wow, your wife is fucking rad. It was, Mm -hmm. what kind of wife leaves her husband for three
0: months? Yeah, without even trying to understand the facts. People just go in make their assumptions based on their own closed-mindedness, and don't try to even learn the facts. Yeah. And that is so frustrating to
1: me. Yeah, it is. And um, yeah, so my my journey has just been, I started traveling outside of the country when I was 15. Um, I went on one of the school trips and just fell in love with not being in the U.S. with that idea of traveling, yeah. that idea of like, like it, one of my first days in Spain, I remember we were like eating outdoors. We were in Madrid. It was kind of chilly. And it's like, I remember everything about this moment because I saw this food on a plate and I didn't know what it was, but it looked like raw bacon. Okay. So my brain was just like, oh, it's like bacon. Oh, God. <laughs> what was it? it was like some type of squid oh yummy which I don't like squid yeah (laughs) it's a texture thing like raw bacon okay I can I can do raw bacon but I can't I got to I totally
0: (laughs) understand the texture issue with certain I can't eat cherry tomatoes for that reason there is certain foods that I just yep totally get it (laughs) yeah
1: and I was just like I just but I you know I was horrified in the moment I was like oh shit what is this but Mm I I feel like I like that's what life's about (laughs) Is that moment where you go, oh, shit, what is this? Because we just grow and we learn. And I was like, how many 15-year-olds from a small town in New York know that they don't like squid? Because it was not something. Even though we spent every summer at the Jersey Shore, like I never had that before. And to be 15 and be like, I can definitively say, not my jam. Not interested. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, going to a bullfight and something yeah. something I was really against, but still the cultural curiosity of like, well, let, you know, like I don't believe in it, but let me go and just experience it from the standpoint of someone else's reality. And let me see this through their eyes. Let me see what's happening in this stadium with the camaraderie, with the people. Mm-hmm. Um, I love yeah. that you said that because I think oftentimes we're so,
0: into what our own, you know, country or you know, individual cultures are and beliefs and things like that that we forget in other countries and especially countries that maybe aren't so westernized, they might have cultures and traditions that are not necessarily looked at as the "quote unquote" po- politically correct thing to do or like the norm. But it's not that they do these things for negative reasons or to hurt these bulls or to do it's it's a cult it's a tradition passed down. Like thousands of generations, you know what I mean? So it's like, I think often we forget that. And I would have done the same thing, even though it's not something you believe in, but you want to experience it because you want to have that open mind and the understanding okay, why is it that they do this? I'm sure it's not because they're anti bull, you know what I mean? It's more, it's bigger than that. Yeah.
1: And in order to, I mean, this is across the board. In order to understand something, you have to really, like, get inside of it. So it's easy to look at it from the outside and judge. But until you understand, like, why is this so important to to the Spanish people? Like, you have to understand that it, the importance of it to them is an identity so that you can start yeah. to have the conversations with them about, like, yeah, but this is not... This is, this is really inhumane. It's really violent. Um, but mm-hmm. if you just come at them like you're an inhumane person, you're a violent person.
0: They're not going to understand. Yeah, that. you
1: have to, like, I always say, like, because I, I do, like, energy work with people often, and sometimes we're working with addiction, and I always say you've got to pull those addictions close. You've got to pull them real close so you get to know them. We always want to shove the monster under the bed and pretend he's not there. Mm -hmm. Like pull that guy out and sit down and have a conversation, be friends with him. And I think that's how we have to look at the world and we have to look at the things we don't agree with and the people we don't understand. If we can't befriend that, then we're never going to make any type of social justice change. In the world. Yeah, I love that. No, I love what you just said. I completely and I completely
0: agree. And I definitely feel like if you are someone who wants to travel and wants to explore, you have to agree and understand that too, or else you're not going to have fully immersed experiences when you're out there. You're going
1: to be pissed the whole time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, You're going to be completely judgmental. You're going to be wanting to go back home and then you'll go back to your bubble and not ever experience new things and you'll never grow yeah. I, I think in so many ways of life you'll never grow
1: yeah. I was in Paris I was living in Paris for a while and I was in a cafe a pizza cafe that I was like it was one was my favorite spots from New York you know we love pizza oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was like let me give up pizza and we're judgmental about oh it, so I judgmental but this was like the best pizza I had found in Europe in a long time so, and it was literally downstairs from my apartment. So I was there a couple of times a week. And... Which could be a good or a bad <laughs> thing. <laughs> when you find really
0: good pizza very close to Yes.
1: You. <laughs> so I was in the cafe one day and there was an American couple there. And because it was like right near Sakaka. And I was, list- I was eavesdropping. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> they didn't know I was American. I was just eavesdropping and um I could hear them talking about the menu and the wife was much more open-minded the husband was like Ur, what and so yeah. they started talking like I just got a feel for them, and they started talking about the like ham and arugula pizza and they had their google translate out and they were like no it's like it's ham but it's prosciutto and and I was just like <laughs> he was going to order it and I just, I reached over and I was like, Hey, I just want to, like, I hear you guys, I hear you're struggling with the menu. I eat here like three times a week. Let me just tell you a little bit about the menu if you're up for it. And they were like, absolutely. Oh my God. Thank you. I was like, also the wait staff <laughs> speaks English. <laughs> so also helpful. Um, but I was like, you know, This is prosciutto and this, so what, let me just let you know what is going to come on your pizza. It's, it's, it's raw. Um, It's not like they just freshly killed a pig or anything. It's kind of like bacon. It's preserved, but it is going to come out. um, You know, they throw it on the pizza, like last second. So it's not really cooked. It is going to be a little more chewy. I just want you to know before you get it, you know, and thinking you're getting put cam on yeah Yeah. and he was like oh hell no which is where I felt like he was gonna go with it (laughs) I
0: was like well thank god because then you save them from wasting money that they would have been really upset." yeah or
1: just (laughs) like, like I've had those moments where I've ordered something and it is not what I wanted it to be or what I thought it was gonna be and and I've lost the money or I have eaten it and not enjoyed it or There's all those uncomfortable things that happen when you travel. um, that it's I've done that here in the
0: States too. (laughs) You know what I mean? You go to a new restaurant. I've done that. I mean, it's why like I'm like, I'll just get my go I'm very boring. So sometimes I'm like, I'll just get my go to because at least I know I'll eat it. Oh, (laughs) for sure. Like
1: I definitely have like been in India for a long time and just been like, Man, I just okay, I'm going to Hard Rock Cafe. Get me a burger and fries right. and a milkshake, <laughs> and it's important. I really cannot stress that enough with my clients when we're doing travel stuff. I'm like, come on, you've you've got to to all like don't stay in your comfort zone, but know when you need something mm-hmm. safe and like because we all go through like no matter how much you travel, you always go through a period of culture shock
0: oh, and yes. culture exhaustion
1: oh, yes. of just like I just. I've had a rough, especially if you've had a rough day, like if stuff has not gone right, Mm -hmm. you need to find that sense of comfort to help bring you back into alignment with yourself. And Sometimes that means hard rock cafe. (laughs) Yeah. And especially when you travel solo, you do have
0: moments where you're overwhelmed. You know, it's a lot coming at you. You might feel a little bit intimidated because you might be in a country where you don't speak the language. So when you find a place that is more whether you're American or or British or whatever, when you find something that is more in your comfort zone, it does, you do gravitate yeah. towards it. When I, um when I went to Peru by myself, I was in Cusco and it was a tiny little town. I was like a little bit like kind of nervous because of the flight there because you land within the Andes mountains. And it's very kind of scary when you're landing between these huge mm-hmm. mountains and you get worried. So I was a little bit like, anxiety when I got there I was like okay I'm in the middle of middle of the Andes Mountains what do I do and I found an Irish pub (laughs) in the middle of Cusco that served buffalo wings which I went in there and I was like you know I just want a pint to like calm my nerves I just want to sit down at a bar eat something that I don't have to think about and just go there and I went there and the bartender spoke English and we were just kind of shooting the shit and I was making fun of the word the fact that they call them buffalo wings being from Buffalo New York they were nothing like (laughs) buffalo wings. And, um, you know, then I met this Australian couple who came up to me and like they were laughing too because of what I was talking about. And then I met this other couple. And it was so funny because had I not gone there, I wouldn't have met all these amazing people. But then two days later when I was comfort, I mean, I was trying Koi, which is a Peruvian staple, which is guinea pig. And that's not something I would ever try anywhere. That's awesome. But it just shows like when you, you know, there's going to be moments where you do need that comfort. But eventually, you got to open up and expand and see what else is out there. Yeah,
1: absolutely. But it is, yeah, it's important to have a good mix of, like, pushing your boundaries. But also know that when you need that, like, connected moment to yourself. Yeah, definitely. And so,
0: you know, speaking of comfort levels, obviously, solo travel is something that you're comfortable with, I'm comfortable with, I'm sure plenty of our listeners are. And so that means we do it a lot. But I would love to hear (laughs) all the different, you know, what this this episode's about. I really want to start talking and hone in on the different assumptions that are made about us solo travel women, and you know, talk about what those are and how we can really kind of break down those, you know, assumptions and those barriers and those you know, misconceptions people have about solo travel and what we do. So I'd love to hear your, you know, insight and your experience around those assumptions.
1: I think the number one assumption, and this is broader than travel, but it really has come forward in the last 15 years of me traveling, that a man is responsible for my travel. I'm either traveling to see a man or a man is funding my travel. Or I, I essentially... People deep down inside assume that my vagina is funding my travel. <laughs> I, that That's, that's infuriating. <laughs> I can't, like, yeah.
0: <laughs> that's so, it's also really sad that today's day and age, people still yeah. think that way.
1: And my poor father, like, but- I was traveling for four years solid. And family members would totally like who says this stuff, but people would, I mean, they get ballsy and they, you know, like, how is she funding her travel? Is there a boyfriend? Is there, is, you know, like, what's, is she in the sex trade <laughs> What's going on? And my dad's oh my like God. horrified. And my dad doesn't, like, my dad also, I feel like secretly had these preconceived notions too. Cause it was like, how is she funding this travel? And it's like, I, well, one, I'm mm-hmm. really good with money. I've traveled for four years straight and only spent $65,000. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, I, I work along the way if I need to. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. You just pick up little side gigs here. And I have a girlfriend who, did that, she packed up and just kind of was like, you know, I'm done with this. She drove what she could home to Colorado, got on a plane, and she lived in Da Nang in Vietnam for a few years. And then she went down to Thailand. And now I don't even know where she's going now, but she just was like, and she picks up yeah. teaching gigs when she needs to. No sex work, <laughs>
1: none of that stuff.
0: Teaching yeah. gigs, people. <laughs> yeah, there's
1: always like anywhere you are in the world, you can always find a job online um, teaching English mm-hmm. somewhere. And it might not be a lot of money, but if you are in a cheap place, you don't need a lot of money. Um, you know, I have, yeah,
0: exactly. that's how it was with her being in Vietnam and yeah. Thailand. I mean, the, it's not the American dollar goes very,
1: far super there. far. Um, like I am a water woman. So like I race sailboats, I can get a job just about anywhere doing, um, you know, sailboat delivery or boat delivery or something on the water. Um, you know, oh, that's like cool. I have I have lots of, you, it's so easy, like walk into a marina and just be like, can I scrub boats like anything it's so so simple to find Um, especially now that we've mm-hmm. got Facebook and social media to find expat groups like every place I've lived I got in, into an expat group and you just put it out there like yeah. guys I'm in a tough spot does anybody have um, any any work like do you need me to organize your closet yeah. like what do you know Exactly. And if
0: traveling is a passion of yours, I mean, you will do anything to make it happen. You know what I mean? So no job is below or high or whatever. You just do what you got to do to make that
1: cash so you can continue on your journey. Yeah. And I'm a, you know, I'm a massage therapist and an energy worker. So again, it's like, it's, I also think it's like if you're aligned with yourself and what you're looking to get out of your travel, the right people will always be put in your path. The times that I have had real big like catastrophes happen um, have always been times where I have stepped out of alignment with myself. I have forced something, I have listened to somebody and not listened to myself. Those are those moments where, where catastrophe happens. However, when I am in alignment with myself, What appears to about to be a catastrophe never happens because someone is like divinely placed in front of me, and is like, "Hey, do you want to deliver this boat halfway across the world?" And I'll pay you ten thousand dollars. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's where that's where I wanted to go anyway." That's kind of cool, you know. So it like that's the big thing when I'm working with clients in a travel setting is get aligned with what, like, are you running from something? Are you running to something? Like, let's figure this out. Let's clear out the fears and then the um, limiting beliefs that you have so that you can move from a place of authenticity. You can learn to trust your inner knowing, that inner voice that tells you don't turn right or turn right, Mm -hmm. you know? um, Learn to trust that intuition because honestly, when you're solo travel, is all about trusting yourself. And if you don't trust yourself, you yeah. are screwed.
0: Yeah. And that's always that's always my first tip when people are like, wow, like how? Like, how do I stay, how do I stay safe when I'm traveling solo? How do I actually do it and travel solo? And the biggest thing I say is yeah. trust your instinct. That is the number one. Whether it's, you know, should I go into that that store? Should I go down that walkway or should I go whatever? It may be, I've actually gone places before where I thought online, the hostel that I was staying at looked decent. And then when I'd get there, it was so sketch. And I mm-hmm. felt it that I would literally just turn around. Yep. i, I lost a hundred bucks that maybe it was going to be for the week, turned around, walked out yep. and went somewhere else. I, like you have to trust your instinct. And and that's honestly why I say always have that reserve kind of like emergency yep. cash stash so you could do stuff like that, but you have to, because <sighs> If
1: not, you will end up in some pretty. Absolutely. It, it may be a hundred dollars that is like hard to part with, but your life and more money is much harder to part with. Mm-hmm. So. Exactly. My dog,
0: um, my dog is so mad at me right now as a fun little side note, if any of you have puppies listening, cause I'm not letting him play with any loud toys. Um, <laughs> cause, cause I don't want him to make too much noise. So I just wanted to throw that little laughter in there. Oh, I'm nuts today. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, and it can be hard sometimes to trust your instincts. Um, I know I'm someone who kind of doubts them sometimes where I'll be like, Sarah, you're just, you're just, your anxiety's taking control. You're crazy. Nothing's going to happen, but you'd rather be safe than sorry too. You know what I mean? You'd rather, I would rather make a decision and it would have been, ended up being fine, but you just never know. There's so much out there that's unknown. And there's so much out there not in your control. So if you can control what you can to make your experience better, you should.
1: I had an energy teacher of mine years ago talking about intuition and and trusting because it was like in a class and somebody had asked about like, how do I trust that what I am seeing in a client is real? And she was like, Mm -hmm. how many times in life do you have that intuition come up and you doubt yourself because something told you turn left here. So you turned left and nothing happened. But what you're not seeing in the bigger picture is if you hadn't turned left, you would have been in a car crash and you avoided it.
0: And and
1: starting to look at things from that way, like listening to that voice and being, and when nothing comes of it being like, I probably missed something horrible that could have happened. Um, And then sometimes it says Mm -hmm. turn left and you turn left and then you have like this amazing experience where you meet this person or something amazingly synchronistic happens.
0: Although traveling solo is one of the best experiences you can ever have, sometimes it does get kind of lonely. And sometimes it's really hard to find others who share that same passion of traveling and doing it on their own. And that is why I love Tourlina. Tourlina is an amazing app that allows women to connect with fellow female travel companions and locals within a secure and trusted network. It is safe and reliable. Every new user gets checked and only verified users can chat with each other. It's for women only, so you could still be part of that solo travel woman network. And it also just makes you want to travel. It's not a dating app and you're never going to travel alone when you join Tourlina. So my viewers, what's awesome is Tourlina is giving you 50% off a one-year subscription. Use code Sarah50 and go to Tourlina twirlina.com slash promo to get your 50% off. Again, that's Tourlina.com slash promo for 50% off. All the details are in the description below. So now you mentioned that you help other solo travelers, you know, get out there and, you know, take that leap and, you know, take that journey um, how have you, like when you are meeting someone who's new or maybe haven't gone on a solo travel, you know, solo trip before, how have you helped pretty much change their perceptions of solo travel? Do you, do you guide them through these assumptions and, you know, kind of break down the barriers with them? Um, what are some, you know, kind of tips to help others, um, you know, kind of get rid of those, you know, not worry so much yeah. about Yeah, so...
1: Every time I start working with somebody who wants to travel, I always ask, what is your What is your goal? Like, what do you want to get out of this? Mm-hmm. Um, I ask them lots of questions. I ask them this question like 25,000 different ways so that I get all the per- perspectives because they're like, <laughs> I just want to see the world. And I'm like, no, no, no. Go deeper with me. <laughs>
0: yeah, but it's got to be more than that.
1: You can see yeah. the world watching. So TV. I really <laughs> help them dig to the root of what is driving their desire to travel, what what their soul is calling for. Um, So we that's the first and foremost thing we get that we dig around and we find, Okay, this is what I'm trying to get out of this Um, kind of like eat, pray, love Mm. situation. You know, what are you what are you looking for here? Um, I'd rather you not have to do like the eat, pray, love journey and go through all that shit. Like, let's just figure it out now so that you can then create your journey. Um, And then we start in with the limiting beliefs, which are those preconceived notions that society has about women who are traveling solo, um, you know, things like if I travel alone, it means I'm not loved. I'm not worthy of love. Like what's wrong with me. Nobody Mm -hmm. wants to travel with me. Um, people look at you like, like, why, why are you alone? Like how many times have you walked into a restaurant and it's just you? And they're like, are you waiting for someone? I'm like, no, it's just me. I yeah. am enough. Oh, yeah. So it is. It is teaching people that they are enough. Because if you don't know that going into solo travel, especially as a woman, society is going to try to partner you up with everybody. You know, and you're going to end up with travel mm-hmm. partners that are not in alignment with you, um, relationship partners that are not in alignment with you, and you're going to find all these people because you believe deep down in your core that you're not enough alone. So there's a lot of work on. On self-love, self-worth, knowing, um, learning how to trust that instinct because you don't want to be calling in negative situations. Um, to, down to things like, I mean, I've been doing this for years. <laughs> I'm 38 now. I've been traveling since I was 15. Most of that has been mm-hmm. on my own. And I still had, like, I did a gig this winter where I got called because I do like um, private wellness as well. So people hire me to come on their vacation with them. And I do yoga. Yeah. I do yoga, body work, food, nutrition, everything. And I go to the Bahamas and then they, they flew me on a private jet to California. And it was like such a cool experience. I've had this. Yeah. I've had this amazing, (laughs) like almost month with this family who I love, I love this family. They're like my favorite clients. And um, I'm packing to leave and I'm pacing, 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 pacing. And I go down to the kitchen and I'm just like, guys, (laughs) I am catching myself right now. I have all of my bags packed, everything fits. It's all underweight. And I cannot believe that there's not something wrong. And I, yeah, it's kind of almost like, I know I'm going to get on that plane and realize I that. Yeah. And that's, that's like, that's my (laughs) limiting belief that travel has to, in some way be difficult, that that process has to be hard. So it's like, I had to sit, Mm -hmm. you know, I was like, I'm going to sit with this and work with this. And I couldn't let it go. (laughs) I've had to do so much work around it ever since because all of my bags were perfect, but then. In my anxiety around things being too perfect, I didn't pay close enough attention as I went back and forth between Uber and Lyft and who was going to come and get, you know, what's the cheapest way to get to LAX tomorrow? Um, I booked my taxi for 6 a.m. on the wrong day. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, no. So then I'm <laughs> waiting outside all like, man, I did such a great packing job. I woke up before my alarm. I'm hyped. I'm ready to go. I'm excited. I got all my stuff. Why is my taxi not here?
0: <laughs> yeah, you fixated on, like, you fixated on one little yeah. thing. That the big and it's true. Where away. your yeah. attention
1: goes, energy flows. So if you're focusing on something yeah. is wrong, something w- – Something will be wrong. There's a, and you got to start to distinguish yeah. between the feeling of, <laughs> wait a minute, I'm missing something and I'm fixating on things being too good right now. So I'm creating a story. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's like you're self-sabotaging. I mean, it's really what you're doing and I'm the same way. I'm, I am a perfectionist. It's why I have the career I have in, you know, destination events and things like that. And I, um, I I fixate on the things that go wrong versus what's going right uh, as well. And it's definitely something that I've been working on my whole adult life. And um, so I can completely relate and agree with that because I would probably do that. I did that just the other day, actually, for a client. I was so, you know, focused on getting everything right, looking at every detail, focused on finding the right prices. And I was so focused on finding the right prices that I got the flight for the wrong day. Because I was like, oh, this is a great price. And I'm like, no, they're supposed to be July (laughs) 1st, not July 2nd. And luckily, I was able to switch it up. But it's that same concept. It is teaching people to
1: roll with the punches and to not let their anxiety get the best of them. So when people go, how did you travel for four years for $65,000? I say, I didn't have an issue spending eight hours looking for the right flight. In the grand scheme of four Mm -hmm. years, what's a day, you know, to... To sit and make sure I have the right flight, the safest flights, um, the best connections, because, you know, you don't always want to book the cheapest thing. And it is a process of sitting there and looking and going, okay, how do I get where I need to go? That's going to be the easiest on my body, the easiest on my bank account Mm -hmm. um, and just the most reasonable for everybody involved. 'Cause maybe somebody's picking me up on the other side or maybe someone's taking me to the airport. So there's always a lot of moving parts. And it, it is one of those things like you can't just sit down and get on a kayak and and book a flight in 10 minutes. I mean, sometimes you can. That's definitely happened. But when yeah. you are traveling for an extended period of time and your health and your safety and your financial stability is all on the line, you have to devote like a work day to it.
0: Yeah. You have to take your time. And if, especially if it's on yeah a budget like that, I mean, yeah, if you have, you know, limit, limitless amount of money, then, yeah, you of course you can just get on there, <laughs> book a flight, be done with it. But if you're looking for ways to really be able to make the most of your, your travels and your experiences and, you know, last thing you want is all your money just going towards the yeah. actual transportation part of it, part of it. I would want my money going more towards the, food and the experiences and and I think that that's a preconceived
1: notion that I got a lot um in solo travel is that I must have this unlimited amount of money and it's like no (laughs) I'm just I'm good with it yeah and and I'm paying (laughs) I'm paying attention and I'm I'm being detail-oriented and I'm not letting myself get up get caught up in any like panicky stuff that goes on you know it's like years ago when I was um in Thailand, I was headed to Bangkok to catch a flight um, out. So my I changed my flight, and my flight was now like super early in the morning. And I didn't want to go into Bangkok like proper to spend the night because that's a long trip to the airport. So I ended up looking around and finding airport hotel. Thought that I booked it online. Evidently, it didn't go through. I never got the confirmation. So I show up to the to the hotel and they're like we don't have you have you in the system and it was something like it was um it was like it's the end of my trip and I was like I'm gonna splurge and I found I found like the airport hotel which is a really nice <laughs> hotel um for like 160 dollars for the night and I hadn't I hadn't had like a oh, proper nice. shower in a month <laughs> like I hadn't had a proper bed
0: yeah. So this was like, you, yeah, Exactly. I was like
1: the Ritz, you know what and I it mean? And it was like $300 a night normally without this discount. So when I showed up to the desk and they were like, we don't have you in the system. And I was like, you know, I'd showed them email stuff that I did have, um, but staying calm and staying polite and friendly and always being able to ride that line of advocating for yourself and not being an asshole. <laughs> you know like and that's a fine line sometimes too especially as a woman of course oh yeah especially as a new yorker too (laughs) (laughs) it's a real fine line as a woman especially when you are from new york you know from the east coast even and you are a little bit more assertive um that can be taken very aggressively in a lot of places so it is always like okay i have to work the room here and i stayed really calm it was. It was definitely. I didn't want to spend the three hundred dollars, but at that point, you have to like accept that maybe you are going to have to spend that money, which is why there's always good to have a reserve somewhere. You never want to get to the end mm-hmm. of the line. Um, and they ended up giving me the room for one hundred and sixty dollars because I was nice.
0: And it's. A, I bet you a lot of yeah. it was because and you I, kept yourself composed. People fly off. And Americans especially are
1: known for that. So sometimes just the fact that I'm American and polite gets me so far because people have this preconceived notion that Americans Mm -hmm. are ignorant, are aggressive, are angry, are violent, which seeing the media I was yeah. about to
0: say, I don't blame them for those. Yeah, and, the and I years. have been
1: privy to seeing <laughs> Americans travel. You don't see a ton of Americans traveling, but when you do see an American traveling, sometimes they're real assholes. They're real, like, privileged. Mm-hmm. And because most of them...
0: And they think that yeah. everyone has to be like them, even when they're in somebody else's country. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. when in Rome, dude. Yeah.
1: You know, like So a lot of times doing? I think I've gotten... I've gotten bumped up in things because I'm a smiling person who's nice and hands in my passport, and they see, oh, she's an American. I've never seen an American like this before, and they're like, we're go, we're give her the honeymoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so breaking yeah, those like, stereotypes definitely all over the <laughs> brings the bees, <laughs> you know. Yeah,
0: but it takes people like you to help change people's perceptions on Americans because we're not all what everyone sees on the media or you know what our country has been portrayed the past four years because unfortunately you know not to get too deep but unfortunately because of yeah the way things were politically <laughs> um you know what i mean and, and so it's like i don't and i always and i don't know just to kind of digress a lot but i don't know about you but when i do travel there's oftentimes i find myself being like yeah. apologetic in a way for being american like apologetic for like i'm so sorry that yeah. my country yeah. is this way <laughs> like I, I it, You know what I mean? And that I know that's just the assumption, but I do find, too, that people are more open to me because I am very friendly and yeah. outgoing and honest. And I think also because I'm always like, I'm really sorry for, yeah. on behalf of everyone yep. in
1: America. Absolutely. <laughs> like, um, I remember when I was traveling, I was like 19 and I was in Germany and I just finished tour. And I stayed in Europe because I was um, I was with a theater group and we were touring. We finished in Denmark and I stayed in Europe. And a couple of my other castmates rolled through. We were staying with some with a German castmate, and um, we would go out in Munich. And because Americans had such a bad rap, we put Canadian flags on our bags. And when people asked us where we were from, we told them we're from Canada. And I remember being really drunk in Munich and running through the streets, making up. The Canadian national anthem. We didn't know it, and we were like singing, singing about hockey and (laughs) moose and maple syrup. Oh my god! That is hysterical.
0: Oh my land! I never thought about that. Pretending I was Canadian. I'm from Buffalo, New York, originally, and I often get told my accent. That people think i'm from canada i've never thought to pretend to be canadian just so i don't have to deal yeah. with the yeah. you know negative
1: <laughs> it's like people my family honored. like a couple generations back essentially are illegal immigrants like wandered over the border from canada and so like my dad is all from like way way up near the border he explains it is he's one valley over from the border of canada <laughs> and uh yeah so i'm like yeah, i mean so funny. i i I'm a Canadian guy. You're not lying.
0: (laughs) I mean, technically, yeah. You may not have citizenship in Canada, but you have descent, like, you know, your genetics or, you know, things like that. So, I mean, you're really, yeah. you're just embellishing the truth. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That is all, but that's all very true. Um, You know, and I, I, I love how you are able to work with people and help them you know, kind of move through these stereotypes and assumptions so that way they don't inhibit themselves or hold themselves back from experiencing such amazing things, traveling solo, you know, just because of what society deems as appropriate or society, you know, has set up these, you know, assumptions and stereotypes of what a solo traveler is. And so, you know, obviously it all starts with change and it all starts. Yes. Like you can, you know, give me advice on traveling solo and this and that, but how do you see you know the new generation learning that solo travel or solo travel is okay like from a you know from parent standpoint or from just society in general like what needs to change to help people realize that this is okay? The world of solo travel is actually extremely empowering and independent and exhilarating. It doesn't mean at mm. all that you're lacking I actually something think in we're gonna life. see a lot more
1: solo <laughs> travel um because like the whole millennial population i feel and even you know the kids that are coming up right now they have social media so they're seeing more of the world excuse me, on their their phones and in their hands, literally at their fingertips. And there's an ability to, like, that's how I traveled. I traveled because I had connections all over the world and through social media was able to connect with these people. That's how I did it so cheaply. I stayed at friends places or friends of friends or friends that knew of somebody in that town that they could at least connect me with, who could tell me a cheap and safe place to stay, like all of these different things. So I think that that um, solo travel is going to be a little bit more common because people, the world is smaller now than it was 20 years ago. It's for sure smaller than it was 100 years ago. Um, So, I mean, when I was traveling, when I was, so I live in Sweden sometimes. (laughs) I'm in the process of getting my residency there. When I first went to Sweden 20 years ago, I was exotic looking. And I, I mean, I just look like I'm a, I'm a little bit darker in skin tone. You know, I look, make, maybe I have heritage of Native American or Spanish or French, something like that. I'm Irish, but <laughs> some, somehow I got the black Irish going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I was exotic looking in Sweden. And now when I, when I'm in Sweden, I mean, there it's every color possible and every language possible. Mm-hmm. Like you go and you sit in a cafe and I'm hearing all these different languages. And, and it used to be, I would just hear Swedish and not everybody spokes um, English where now most people speak English better than, yeah. Me. <laughs> so I mean, the world has changed <laughs> in my 20 years of traveling, you know, and if you throw in Spain, even before that, when I was 15, you 25 years of traveling, um, and I, I see it for the better. And I think that it's getting easier to travel as um, as a woman and as a solo traveler. I think with all of like the Me Too movement and we need to keep speaking out. We need to keep talking about what it's like to travel as a solo woman um, because that is that is highlighting the issues that are out there today. And I think now that people are becoming more and more aware and women are getting louder and louder and louder about this is not okay, that um, that is going to start making things safer for us to travel. Um, and I think conversations like this, where we we get together and um, we talk about this stuff, you know, I just I did a thing on Clubhouse earlier this week yeah. with to um, British women because they were talking about the woman that was just murdered walking home a few weeks ago there. And and we were talking about yeah. our experiences. And yeah. I said, you know, I have had great experiences traveling, but I've also had experiences where. You know, I didn't have AC in my room and the power went out and it was so hot. I opened my windows and I wake up in the middle of the night and the owner of the resort is hanging in one of my windows, jacking off, watching me sleep. Nope. You
0: are kidding me. Oh, that is, t- I, I'm sorry to have this reaction. Well, I'm not sorry, oh, yeah. but like, I've actually never heard that before.
1: Yeah. Something really crazy shit has happened to me traveling. And I've I've been very lucky. Oh, my God. Um, I've been drugged three times while I've been traveling. Um, um, well, t- twice while I was traveling. Um, and once in my hometown. So that's also the point is just because you're traveling. And this was something my parents always freaked out about. It was like, what could happen to you in all of these different countries? And it's like, what could happen to me here? Like, I got drugged. I get drugged because I was I was stupid yeah, and I was drinking too much when exactly. I was 18 in in Paris and I don't think anything happened to me I woke up in the morning and in someone's house that I don't know (laughs) and was fully clothed with all of my like winter clothes on as well like I had just I have no idea what happened I had met some people and became you know you're young and you're stupid and hey we're drunk and let's all be friends
0: yeah, no. but that doesn't give someone the
1: right no, to do that. but too. it is a Whether reality. you drink too much or not. You know we, what I mean? Like it's yeah. really sad. But yes, and then, yeah, um, it's sad, though, you know, I, a friend, that. a friend of a friend connected me with their cousin when I was in Puerto Rico. And this cousin drugged me. And I'm really sensitive to drugs. And I caught it in my system almost immediately. And I told my other friend, I need to go. You need to take me home. Um, but that was so, that was a family mm-hmm. member of a friend. Like, I you know, I felt very safe. I, I thought I should be safe. And you, you know, that's one of those things. Like I handed this guy my drink and was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Can you hold this for me? But then in my own hometown, I was yeah. drugged by three, I was like 34, 35. And they were the same age. They drugged me in my hometown in a bar, guys I went to high school with. so yeah what happens abroad can happen here too like it is has nothing to do with travel and everything to do about society so solo female travel is not the problem men are the problem (laughs) you know society and the way they look at (laughs) women who are alone is the problem and talking about these misconceptions Mm -hmm. is important because that's the problem the fact that that a man a man sees a woman alone and thinks I should go and talk to her. Cause you wouldn't do that to another man. If a man was sitting yeah. in a bar alone, eating their dinner, reading a book, having a glass of wine, you wouldn't come up and be like, Hey, how you doing? What are you doing here alone? But as a woman, that's something you deal with all the time traveling. And you need to 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 like look at the situation as a woman and go, I'm just having dinner, please leave me alone. And you gotta get comfortable saying that stuff because otherwise That will happen to you every single night while you're out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's, and it's so scary and it's just, and it's really sad that that is still a reality today. And I don't, I I really don't think it'll ever change, to be honest. I mean, there's only so much that we can do there, you know, unfortunately. And, um, you know, there's always going to be someone that doesn't. Yeah see how wrong things like that are um and so unfortunately i feel like it's always going to be a fear and you know and and this isn't to say all men are that way guys if you're listening to this don't worry we're just saying that as a woman it is yeah. more common and norm than not
1: yeah for and i i saw a great meme, of the fact you alone. know with all this stuff going on with the, in the uk um that said we women know it's not all men but f- but it is almost all women so from our mm-hmm. perspective, we have to think it's all men. So just because you're a good guy and you're coming, yeah. you're coming in peace, doesn't mean that we don't perceive you as a possible threat because we have to perceive you as a possible threat because that's been our experience since we were children, oftentimes. So, okay. you know, and I one thing yeah. I. And because the moment we don't, that's when something's going to happen. The
0: moment we let our guard down...
1: I had a a really interesting situation that this whole thing in the UK made me think about this last week was, I was in India at a friend's house, an extremely wealthy friend. I was at a party, all upper class people, like top top of the food chain financially in India. And um, it was... I... This people I knew. And I ended up talking to this guy from California. He was living in California, it's originally from Delhi and um, older gentleman, you know, around my dad's age. He had a daughter who was in the States and in the university. And, you know, we were just talking kind of like father daughter conversation. He was talking about her experiences. I was talking about my experiences and we went our separate ways. Later on in the night, he came, walked past me. I was like, I need to talk to you before you leave. Do not leave without and I was staying on the property do not leave to go back to your room until I have talked to you okay mm-hmm. so as I'm getting ready to leave I go and I talk to him and he's like listen I overheard some of the guys who are my friends they've been drinking they're not saying the nicest things like it's a very sexual conversation about you I just want to make sure that you're safe so mm-hmm. I want to walk you back to your room now as I was I was like okay well I'm I'm wow. ready to go so he's like, I'm just walking back to your room. we both gather up our stuff. One of the guys who's a friend of mine comes up and is like, I want to walk you back to your room. And so it was like a weird standoff. And I was like, I'm going back to my room. Y'all welcome to walk me back to my room. We walk back with these two guys and then they get in an argument and it's in Hindi. I don't get what's going on. Um, and I'm just like, okay, um, Good night. (laughs) And it I took the older gentleman at face value, but something this week shifted in me, and I thought to myself, I never took it from the perspective that maybe he was trying to take advantage of me. You know. Yeah, but it was just suddenly because it was like such a heated argument that happened. And the and I didn't understand it because it was in a different language than I spoke. I mean, I speak enough Hindi to like feed myself, and that's it. Um, yeah, and I was just like, oh, that's that's a really interesting perspective. And it also made me think of all the times, just working in the in the service industry. Um, it's very rarely that that um, when I'm in a poorer a poorer area or a, a, you know, a more of a dive bar that I have issues. It's usually in the, in the high end places. So as a female traveling something that I do mention to my clients is, you know, expensive is not always better and it's not always safe because with money comes privilege and privileged yeah. people oftentimes think they can have whatever they want. And sometimes they think that's you and it has been you know people in countries where like these these people have nothing and they bring me into their home and they feed me and i am so well taken care of and so loved so so you know telling people don't judge a book by its cover like feel into that get to know get to know the people around you and just just because you're in like the four seasons doesn't mean you're safe <laughs> So I, I always kind of stress yeah. that that you have to look at things from many different perspectives traveling and you need to to just um be really aware that privilege privilege brings a lot of problems as well and that just because you're in a poor area doesn't mean you're unsafe.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I completely I completely agree with that and that really all resonates with me because Yeah, I mean, when I first started traveling, I for sure had those limiting beliefs and stereotypes. And I remember when I went to Turkey, you know, unfortunately, the way we are taught here in America about predominantly Muslim countries, you know, I was nervous when I first went to Turkey. And it was unfortunate because the first day or two, I, I was really limiting myself on what I experienced because of the beliefs I was grown up to think based on the media and what society hears portrays you know Muslim countries to be and I thank God every day I went to that country because that is what I think really changed my you know I went there thinking like the assumption just because it's a Muslim country I'm going to be unsafe as a American woman and I'm going to go through all these experiences and it was one of the uh, probably one of my favorite places I've ever been (laughs) and you know I thank God every day and and you know everyone who's listening this yeah this is what traveling is about. (laughs) Um, I went there with these assumptions and these stereotypes and these fears. And I left there a completely different person. It was absolutely nothing like what the Western culture portrayed, you know, a Muslim country to be like at all. And now it doesn't mean there aren't bad parts, but just like Mm -hmm. there's bad parts to every single darn place you go to. However, that's the, you know, that's, that's the exception really. that's not yeah. what you know, and the thing really like, is
1: like people go to turkey it's beautiful and turkish women will teach you as a woman a lot um turkish women are gorgeous they are so well put together mm-hmm. i mean if you want to see a well-dressed woman ooh, they have fashion sense they go to the grocery like it's just and it's not they're not doing it for oh, anybody other than themselves stunning. like they have a self worth that is that is just mm-hmm. it's so impressive that, that their sense of self worth and boundaries and part of yeah. they have to have boundaries <laughs> because the men can be kind of touchy at times um, but though you know and they're like real good with setting that boundary down like no you don't touch me and i i learned so much um, it was also the only country where i've ever been Physically assaulted <laughs> twice in the same like twenty minutes. Um, mm-hmm. Neither time, well, well, it was three times. Twice in twenty minutes by not Turkish men, and once by a Turkish man that I knew. Um, which pretty much all of my Turkish friends told me all the beautiful things about Turkey: eat here, do this, swim there, blah 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 blah. blah. Nobody bothered to tell me, don't put yourself alone with a man that you're not interested in because that's, that's how the relationship starts. Culturally, that's how you start early. Rela- you let somebody know you're yes. interested. And I didn't know that. <laughs> so I wasn't interested and he thought I was. Um, also why the women have amazing like self-worth and boundaries because it's like, no, <laughs> they know the word no, um, which we're not necessarily yes. taught in the same way.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Please remember to follow or subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening on. And if you really liked what you heard today, give us a rating. We love to hear from you and get your feedback. See you next week.